Hey guys, thanks for joining the Radiate Church podcast today. I'm Brandon, the lead pastor here at Radiate, and I'm honored that you jumped in to hear this message. I hope that it challenges you, inspires you, and leads you to the life God intends. Enjoy the message. Awesome. You guys can begin having a seat, but my name is Travis. I am one of the pastors here, and I am truly honored, and I do mean that, that Pastor Brandon allowed me to get to teach one week of this Be About It series. Is this doing anything in your life today? Can we just celebrate? I really believe God is starting to cultivate some things inside of us. He's starting to reanimate some dreams. He's starting to give us some courage to really go out there and not just talk about it, but be about it. I am sure you've had somebody tell you that phrase at some point in time in your life, right? That's like the pivotal moment where you hit this position to where like, hey, I can't just keep talking about I'm going to get my finances better. I can't keep talking about I'm going to go to the gym. I can't keep talking about all these things. It's where you have that, that gut check and that shift to where you begin to actually be about those things. And I think this has been an incredible series. Pastor Brandon is going to join us again next Sunday to conclude Be About It before we move into The Vow, which is our relationship series where we get to learn how to love on our significant others a little bit better. But he is going to come back on a pivotal weekend, right? Because it's not just the end of Be About It, but it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? Super Bowl Sunday should literally be a holiday. I think it should be a holiday. It's exciting, right? Most of America is going to watch it. It's a huge deal. It's kind of bittersweet, though. It's the last um, NFL game of the year, right, before we have these months and months of an offseason where it's just so dry and so boring till we get back to football again. But it's a magical day. It's definitely holiday-worthy, and I can prove that. If you don't care anything about the Rams or the Patriots, would you just give me a show of hands of who's watching it for the commercials alone? Half the room's watching it just to see what Doritos is going to do this year. It's insane. Speaking of Doritos, is not the food the best part of Super Bowl Sunday? Because like no other time of the year can you have a plate that has both wings and nachos on it, and nobody thinks anything bad about you, right? They just think you're going to probably eat some Tums later because nobody should be eating that during an entire football game, right? But it's a magical, magical, magical day. And I'd even be willing to bet next Sunday after you join us as we conclude Be About It and you go to your Super Bowl party or you go to Wild Wings or wherever you're going to go watch the game at your house, you may even see a few of these, right? Good old football jersey. Pastor Brandon had his out last week. I got mine out this week. Y'all didn't know I was the backup quarterback for the Elgin Radiates, but I got my jersey in here so everybody could see it, right? But you're going to see a couple of these. But really when you think about it on Super Bowl Sunday, you can kind of divide the people who are going to have this on into like two groups. The first group is going to be someone like me who's just chilling at my house, watching it on TV, uh, watching all the commercials, eating all the junk food I can fit in in a four-hour span of time, right? But listen, let me be honest with y'all. I'm probably not even going to watch the entire game. I always pass out early, so I'm going to get on like my ESPN app the next morning, look what the final score was, and then talk to everybody about it like I actually watched the entire game, right? I'm the type of person who's just a consumer. I'm watching TV. I'm hanging out at my house. I'm not getting tackled by Indomitian Sue, right, Austin? And I'm just chilling, and I'm just consuming the game. But then there's another type of person who's going to have this jersey on, and it's either going to be a Ram or a Patriot, right? And they're actually wearing this jersey for its intended purpose. They're getting suited and booted to go out and win a championship. They worked all year for it. They put in the discipline, right? 
They've been in the weight room. They've been in the film room. They're going to get this thing dirty next Sunday. But they're going out there to win a championship. That's what this jersey is designed to do, not just chill at Wild Wings and watch the game and consume it. But the crazy thing is, when Jesus died for us and resurrected, he did that doing so that he could hand us a jersey as well. Now what's crazy is, with that thought, we literally get to make the exact same decision all over again. Am I just going to take this jersey and get sriracha stains all over it and never do anything and always talk about it, right? Be a consumer my entire life. Let the entire world revolve around me. Or perhaps would I be the latter and be a contributor? Somebody who's going to take this jersey and literally help build the church that Jesus gave his life for. That is a toe Two totally different people. So today we're going to continue reading in the book of Nehemiah, which we've been in this entire series. And I believe we're going to see three things that Nehemiah has to say about being a contributor and not just being a consumer. Being somebody who's going to be about it and not just talk about it. So listen, if you've got your Bible with you or you can turn it on right now if you're using the Bible app. And we're going to get kicked off in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. And as you guys are getting turned there and as it's coming up on the screen behind me, if you're new to church um, or you're, you're unfamiliar with the book of Nehemiah, I'll give you a really quick backstory. By the way, there's some incredibly powerful messages associated with the series. Please go to radiatechurch.net um, or wherever you listen to podcasts if you want to listen to it and get caught up because this has been doing amazing things in the hearts and lives of the people who are attending here and our staff and our pastor as well. This is a groundbreaking Super Bowl-style series for us. But as we turn in Nehemiah, um, I'll let you guys know since the beginning of time, there have been periods of time where uh, in, the, in the history of Israel, they've been occupied through military occupation by other nations and countries, right? And we're reading a story today that takes place a little over 400 years before Jesus is born. And the story is taking place by a character, Nehemiah, and who serves the Persian king, because they're occupied by the Persian Empire at this time. But he's really upset that in the previous period, they were occupied by a group of people called the Babylonians, went in and destroyed Jerusalem, their, their capital city. Right? He's very upset about that. And he starts to have some emotions and some feelings and some desires start to churn inside of him to where he just doesn't want to talk about it and think about it, but he wants to begin to be about it and to start to make a difference and be a contributor. Right? So we're going to start off in Nehemiah chapter 2 reading verses 2 through 5. And I'm in the New King James. It may be different than your Bible or what's on the screen behind you or whatever Siri just pulled up just a second ago. But it says this, Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid and said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste? And its gates are burned with fire. Then I said, then the king said to me, what do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask you to send me to Judah, the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. I think the first thing that we can learn from Nehemiah today about being a contributor, not just being a consumer, and really being about it, is point number one, we have to contribute to our community, not just sleep on it. 
right? And what I mean by community, I mean the people that you're surrounded by, not just physically in your uh, neighborhood, but think about it. We live in a very connected world nowadays where we have communities of people that we're connected to across state lines, across countries, right? These are the people, these are your people from your hometown that live in your radius, right? And I think there's some things that we can learn about Nehemiah's story. They're going to help teach us how we can contribute to our community. I don't know if you guys noticed this and picked this up off the bat, but Nehemiah actually has to go incredibly far outside of his comfort zone from the get-go, right? So Nehemiah is actually running the risk of imprisonment or being killed by even telling the king that something's disturbing him like this. And how many of us have sat comfortable for so long with something disturbing us, but we haven't quite had that courage to take a step of faith and take a step out and go, you know what, I need to do something about this. Something inside me is being disrupted about my community being in rubble right now. I'm being disrupted that there are people in my life whose lives are in rubble right now. He's finally getting that courage and having that gut check to where he's going to stop talking about it, and he's going to start being about it. He's getting incredibly moved outside of his comfort zone. And I think for us, a lot of times, we play it incredibly too safe. I think that God has begun tilling up some dreams, and he's begun tilling up some things that he wants us to do and some purposes, but we haven't quite taken that first step of even acknowledging it and taking a step of faith. Because here's the crazy thing. Whenever I take a step of faith and I get outside of my comfort zone, I'm no longer relying on me in that moment. I'm strictly relying on he who is in me. That's where God gets to show out. But there's an order to this thing too. And I want to read something. I want you to hear this. It's in verse 4. It said, Then the king said to me, What do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. There's an order. Nehemiah's having something till up inside of him, and he's getting moved to where he's getting outside of his comfort zone. But before he makes his request, what he's wanting to do known to the king, he first makes it known to God and begins to align their relationship and align God's purpose for him. And I think often in times we miss that step. We were talking in the giving talk about just some of the sacred things that we get to enjoy in this life. And I think one of the most sacred things is just praying and communicating with God. And if you're new to church, prayer is nothing more than just making your heart, your desire, the things that are bugging you out and bothering you, just known to God and lifting those things up to him and telling him about it the way that you would tell me about it. And God answers prayers. Sometimes he answers them uh, in the form of coming, a word coming from someone else. Sometimes it's in the form of a dream. But I notice in my life a lot of times prayers get answered with that like gut feeling you get about something. That's how I know that God's pointing me in the right direction of something. Nehemiah is incredibly moved to make his request known to God because he knows it's a God-sized task that he's wanting to do. He needs God's favor in this, and he gets it. But the cool thing is, is whenever we start to forge our relationship with God and, and we begin to get aligned to the purpose and to the things that he calls us to, those things that start to stir us up, it kind of turns a, what could be a knowledgeable decision into a very calculated and wise decision, right? Because Nehemiah knew that the city was in rubble. Like that, he knew that from where he was at miles away. That's common knowledge for him. But when he gets locked in to his purpose and he gets locked in and aligned with God, 
that decision can then become a calculated, wise decision to make a move. Can I tell you the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting a tomato in a fruit salad. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the difference of getting calculated advice from God and knowledge and wisdom. But there's like a secret little sauce that kind of gels this entire thing together, right? If we're going to contribute to our community, if we want to do that today, if we want to take a next step and serve on a team or join a life group or do something to make a difference right here in this community, there's, there's one secret ingredient that we have to have that Nehemiah seems to have. That ingredient is this. It is an authentic love for people. An authentic love and care for the people in our community. Authentic love. And it's kind of interesting when you think about it. You know, I'm trying to personally become a better Bible nerd and learn a lot more as I read and be able to put that into practice. And, you know, when I read something like Nehemiah wants to go um, rebuild these walls, and I think about the walls of Jerusalem there's like a little figurative thing that goes off in my head that lets me know that, hey, this is God's place. And Nehemiah is not going just to rebuild these physical walls, but he's going to rebuild a sense of God's strength and God's refuge in his people. Nehemiah is broken for the things that are breaking his community. That's why he wants to be a contributor. Very interesting. So the Bible says that even sinners know how to love people, right? But Jesus says if we could love other people the way that he loves us, that's how people know that we're his and we have a relationship with him. It seems to be off the bat some sort of paradox, right? But not, not exactly because the love that Jesus is talking about is can we manifest a supernatural amount of love? Can our, the way we love somebody be supernatural? Can there be something otherworldly about it? Can I now become broken inside of me for something that's breaking you? where I can swoop in and God can use me to provide authentic care and authentic connection for you. Y'all, Jesus died for this thing. Brave men and women died building our church. And what I mean by our church, I mean the entire body of people who love and believe in him to pass this thing down to you. They died to pass this thing down to you today. So point number one is we got to contribute to our communities. We can't just sleep on it and be consumers. The second thing I think we can learn from Nehemiah is actually found in the same chapter as verse 17. And verse 17 says this. It says, Then I said to them, You see the distress we were in, how Jerusalem lies waste, and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer be a reproach. The first thing we're going to learn from Nehemiah is to contribute to our community. The second thing we're going to learn from him today is the fact that we need to serve with vision, not just see with sight. Serve with vision, not just see with sight. Or maybe we can flip it a little bit, contribute through vision, not just consume through sight. Let me give you a quick thought on the difference between sight and vision. Sight is the thing that you see when your eyes are open. It's the bank account that you see when your eyes are open. It's the current relationship you have with your spouse and your kids when your eyes are open. It's the mess that you go home to when your eyes are open. That sight, vision is the you and the life that you see and the purpose inside you, you see when your eyes are closed. That is the difference between sight 
and vision. And when we operate with sight, even us today, when we're constantly looking at everything, because this is evident, y'all, by the time that we get to this point, Nehemiah is literally physically on sight. And he's physically looking at the walls being destroyed and the city and destroyed. How discouraging is that, right? That's not much different from us literally looking at some of the things in our lives that are destroyed today and being discouraged by them. But there's a major difference between sight and vision here. Not only did he have the sight of this damaged wall, right, and the city being laid to waste, but as Pastor Brandon taught last week, then all of a sudden, to make matters worse, Nehemiah has some haters start to show up, right? Like, to the point they're harassing them so bad that half the people are having to defend the people who are rebuilding the wall, right? I don't think that's much different than us sometimes. I think that we encounter haters, too, as we go to try to do the things that God asks of us, and we start to try to contribute, right? Because how many times do we get on Facebook, and uh, we see that, hey, why does that same person keep leaving all these passive-aggressive comments on my comments all the time, right? How come they're always making fun of me when I put my Instagram picture up, when I'm trying to join a life group, I'm trying to serve on a team, and I'm trying to get my life better? How come is it whenever I take my wife out on a date because I want to show her how much I love her, even to this day, they're making fun of me for where I'm going, right? That stuff happens, right? And it's easy for us to see these little nitpicky, harassing things with our sight. We're not looking at us with our vision. Can I tell you, can I tell you really quick why some people get upset whenever you're starting to follow Jesus and your life is improving and you're posting about your life group that you're in or you're posting about the team you serve on and you're starting to really like, start to talk, like, not talk about it, but be about it. Do you know why they hate on that? Because they don't know nor like where they will be whenever your vision comes true. Oh, man, I can hear a pin drop in here. Somebody should have clapped for that. They do not like where they will be whenever your vision comes true. And one of the worst things I think we can do sometime with the idea of sight versus vision is not just the way that our situation looks or the way that we can see people coming against us. But sometimes the things we say and do to come against ourselves, right? I think one of the worst things we can do is to ever look at our situation knowing that Jesus died to hand us this thing and go, well, I'm just not good enough. I haven't been going to church long enough. I don't know enough about the Bible to really be able to do anything. Y'all don't know where I was last night. You don't know where I was last week. You don't know where I was last year. Blah, 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 right? Jesus died to hand us this so we can either be a consumer or a contributor. He just didn't save us from something. He saved us for something. Come on, somebody. And I said this in the first experience, and I'm going to make sure that I do it again. God placed something on my heart as I was preparing for today's message, and I don't know if it's for somebody that joined us earlier, who's joining us right now, or somebody who's watching or listening to this in the future. But God placed something very heavy on my heart, and I want to share it with you guys. Um, perhaps there's somebody who has counted themselves out because of a physical disability, or maybe somebody who's counted themselves out because of a, a mental disability, or maybe even an emotional disability. But I want you to know that you have a place to contribute and that the, my Bible says that some of the greatest gifts are locked up in the people that we tend to overlook. And if that's you today, 
I want you to know you can be bold enough to be a contributor, and you can literally be about it if that's for you today. But we got to serve with vision, not just sight. And we're the worst at that sometimes, right? Because sometimes our sight will tell us stuff like, well, you know, my situation is not looking too good. I just need to, uh, I need to go find my why again before I join a group, Austin. I got to find my why before I start serving. Then I would recommend becoming the first human in history to build a time machine, go back 2,000 years, watch Jesus die on the cross to literally hand you this thing right here. That is why we do what we do. That's what contributing is all about. That's the why. The why is because there's people dying around the globe to worship the same way you and I are right now. I get to use a microphone. They can't where they're at because they're going to run the risk of imprisonment or death. This is the why. People died to pass this thing down to us. Jesus died to hand this thing to us. That's serving with vision. We have to be all about our community, contributors to our community, and we have to serve with sight. That's being about it. The third thing that we can learn from Nehemiah is actually found in chapter 4, verses 22 through 23. I'm going to turn there really quick. So kind of like we were talking about earlier, chapter 4, the, uh, the haters are showing up, right? The oppressors are there. And it says this. At the same time, I also said to the people, let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may, they may be our guard by night and a working party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off their clothes, except that everyone took them off for washing. The third point that I want to share with you guys today that we can learn from Nehemiah about being about it, about being a contributor, is some of the greatest contributions we can make. It's a team effort. And I believe so many of us are just living on an island and living on a silo or whatever that analogy you want to use, pick it, but we're not playing for a championship on a championship winning team. It's just all about us and whatever's good for us. The entire third chapter of this book, y'all, is literally nothing but the jobs that other team members contributed to building that wall. It does take teamwork to make the dream work. Nehemiah knew that, right? And he's not just, like I said, he's not just looking to, key, to build a physical structure, but he's looking to build people back up too. People that he can continue to do life with. That's why we say here, we do life together. It's one of our values. It's just strength in numbers. But, it, but, it, but if we're going to join a team, then we have, to have, we have to do something at the door right off the bat, right? We have to check our ego and know that team life is about our team's purpose over my personal personality. I can't be a contributor if I'm still being a consumer. And that's all about me. I can't contribute to what Radiate Worship wants to do. I can't contribute to what Connect Center is doing. I can't contribute to what our Obstacle Course Life Group is doing if it's all about me still. And what I, what's comfortable and nice for me to do. I, that's not team life. That's me life at that point. It's a team effort. And I think it's so cool, too, that the team effort that Nehemiah talks about right here is 24 Seven, And I think that there are people in this room that you're experiencing something in your life that does feel overwhelming. 
you're experiencing something that you need a little help with, and I'm here to tell you that, listen, there are people in this room who want to come alongside you 24-7. There are people in here who will hold a spear by day so that they can be there with you. They want to encourage you. They want to help you grow closer to Jesus. They want to help you live and be empowered by the life that God intends for you. They want that. Great day. The Bible says that in Ecclesiastes that uh, two people are better than one because if one person falls and there's no one there to help them, that it's just trouble for that person, right? Think about that. Like even literally, that's a bad situation to fall and no one there to help you. But think of all the figurative implications. Going through life with no one there to help contribute to you. And Jesus is asking, could you be that for somebody else, right? Could you contribute to them? That verse continues to say that a group of three people is like a cord that is almost unbreakable. There are power in numbers. We are not made to live on an island. We're not made to live in a silo and just consume and just be comfortable. We're made to be on a team. It's all about team life. If our church is truly as unstoppable as my Bible tells me it is, then it's a team effort. And like I said, y'all, Jesus died for us to join the team. Now, listen, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something right off the bat. Getting this jersey doesn't have anything to do with being saved, okay? The Bible says that that's through faith alone. But Jesus just didn't save you from something. He saved you for something. It is to put on this jersey. We need to contribute to our community we need to serve with vision, and we need to join a team. I want to read you guys one last passage that I really hope consolidates today's message and really gives us something to go home and think about and to take a next step with today. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. And it says this, Coming to him as to a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you... Also, as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, much like Nehemiah, Jesus was very concerned about building something in his lifetime. And we talked a little bit about that in giving today. But the structure that Jesus wants to build is not a physical structure. It's me and you. We make up his body. We make up his church, right? And as I'm reading this scripture, and probably what somebody who would have encountered it for the very first time, whenever they see words like a spiritual house and a holy priesthood, they're starting to think about a temple in their head, right? That's where they would go to meet God, is in a temple. But God wants to dwell amongst me and you because we make up the spiritual house. We make up the place where heaven intersects with earth. And y'all, a living stone, a living stone does not consume a house. Me and you as living stones put on this jersey and contribute to the house that's being built, the church that's being built, the church that Jesus died for. Can I tell you what they call something that consumes a building? A civil engineer would call that thing a sinkhole. We are called to contribute to the building to make it stronger to make it bigger so more people can become a part of it. 
man, when I was thinking back and preparing for today's message and, you know, Scripture says that Jesus is the cornerstone of this building. And what better thing could we do as a living stone in the building but imitate the cornerstone? And I was thinking back to a scene where it's right before the Last Supper and Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And then he commands them to do the same. How can we imitate the cornerstone as living stones if we are not loving people and serving people the way that he intended to wear this jersey the way that God intended for us to wear it and be contributors and not just consumers. That's how we imitate the cornerstone. You guys can stand to your feet. I'm getting ready to pray. But listen, before I begin to pray, and our host joins us up here, I hope God's used this series to start to really mix up some things inside of you and give you some boldness, give you some clarity on what your purpose is and how you can put your purpose to work. But I have a challenge for you today. Listen, if you are not on one of our teams or joining one of our groups, my challenge to you today is to stop by that Connect Center and let them know that you want to start doing life with some people because you're going to contribute to the community, right? God's giving you a vision. You're seeing something in your head that's way bigger than you're acting out right now. You want to be a living stone. You want to be a contributor. And you need to join a team because you've been living life alone for a while. I want you to stop by the Connect Center and let them know you want to make that your next step today. They're going to give you all the information past that. And when I say teams, I mean we have teams to serve our community, whether it's here or whether it's literally in the community through outreach. We have groups that meet to learn more about Jesus and how we can be more like him. But somebody needs to take a next step today because God's been telling you, I'm tired of you talking about it, and today's the day that you start being about it. Y'all, I love you so much. Your pastor loves you. It would be my honor for you to take that next step and for me to pray over every single person right now. Could you guys bow your heads? God, thank you so much for allowing us to gather here today. God, thank you for what you're doing through worship, through your word, through the opportunity to give back to you, God. And giving seems to be a theme today. God, I pray that you just inspire us just to take that gut feeling, that thing that's inside of us, God, and we just manifest that into a next step today, God, to where we are joining a team, we're joining a group, we're doing something to contribute to the church that you gave your life for. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in the building. I thank you for everyone, and it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church Podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know. Send us an email at youmatter at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today at radiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.